It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Happy opening day from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is the Braves Report brought to you by Kroger. I'm Jay Black and want to quickly kind of set the situation here for something that we did earlier on opening day, Thursday afternoon, right at noon. Myself, Justin Toscano, and Gabe Burns going on Twitter spaces for our first live broadcast there for the season to take your questions and talk a little ball. So here we go. All right, it is high noon on opening day, so let's go ahead and get started. It's been a generation since we've been able to say this, but it is opening day in Atlanta for the world champions, and we are here to celebrate the start of baseball season. So welcome to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on Twitter Spaces. It is a special day, so let's talk baseball with two of the authorities on the Atlanta Braves. I'm Jay Black, the podcast manager here at the AJC and co-host of the Braves Report podcast, which I hope you all are listening to, with our new AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano. Happy opening day, Justin, and this is not a bad one to get you started. No, no, this isn't bad at all. I feel like the typical opening day lingo for baseball fans is like, well, anything can happen over the next couple months. But for these Braves, I mean, they might be going, you know, into October again. Right, Gabe? I mean, Gabe just kind of left the beat on the uh, highest note possible. So I'm hoping I get some of that success. Um, But with the roster, it it looks (laughs) it looks like um, there's really going to be no slowing down. Right, Gabe? No slowing down. And, you know, it's not often that Atlanta's celebrating a you know opening day of a new season with a defending champ. So it's pretty cool. I think the atmosphere at Truist Park is just going to be awesome. Uh, and this and it's excitement over what happened last year and it's also excitement over what could happen this year because again, like you just said, the way this roster looks on paper, it's better than it was a year ago. It's deeper, it's more experienced and it's it's going to be really exciting to see how this season plays out. What's also exciting here, as many of you know, Gabe Burns is longtime Braves beat reporter. He has moved on to a feature reporting role now. Uh, how's your new gig going, by the way? Yeah, it's going great. Uh, I'm getting to hop around and do everything. I was in Athens the other day. Uh, still, I got to go out to Arizona to see Freddie Freeman and just talk to him about everything that happened. So it's kind of freed me up to do a lot of different things. But uh, obviously, I'm excited that baseball is here, and I'll, I'll be at Truist Park tonight, and then I'll uh, – pop back in this weekend so uh it's justin's show now he's doing a great job and uh i'm really excited to keep working with him and you know provide you guys the best Braves coverage we can a couple of quick reminders that uh, first of all if you're not listening to the braves report podcast we really think you'll enjoy what you hear so please subscribe to the show on apple or spotify or wherever you get your podcast you'll hear me and justin and the army of our ajc baseball experts every week and if this is your first time listening to us on twitter spaces we're just here talking ball today to celebrate opening day. And we really want you to join in on the conversation. So if you've got any questions for Justin or Gabe at any time, please hit the request to speak button and we will call on you. Or if you don't want to speak or you're in a noisy room or already over at the battery, uh, you can just DM your questions to us at AJC. So uh, uh, first of all, man, uh, thoughts on the gold uniforms that'll be dusted off today. Justin? <laughs> yeah, those are those are pretty sweet, man. I always love how the defending champs uh wear those and i know those have been in uh high demand in braves country for when they were going to hit uh the store there at truest park and braves retail and the twitter account has had a ton of engagement over those but those are pretty sweet i mean 
Gabe, but you, I, I think you can't really argue with uh, wearing those, right? Yeah, they're pretty sweet. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, you know, I like, I don't know. It, it's just, it's cool. It's still kind of, you know, even having covered it, it's still kind of crazy to think about that this team, you know, won the World Series and, you know, everything that unfolded last season from, I mean, again, losing record at the All-Star break, you, you lose Acuna, uh, the trade deadline. It's, it's just when you really just look at the totality of it, it, it really is a crazy story. And it, it's pretty cool that it's being celebrated again today. Right. So and that, I think um, I think the craziest thing about that, Gabe, is uh, when you talk to people on the team, I think there's a certain weight to this championship that maybe uh, other teams don't have, other cities didn't experience in theirs. Obviously, every World Series is special. But, I mean, I know I remember, like, talking to Alex Anthopoulos, you know, a week or so ago. Um and for him, just the magnitude of when he got here, having heard about, you know, the Georgia sports curse and, and the team, you know, a couple decades ago that should have won more than one of them. Uh, and then 28 to three and then Georgia football. And so for him, I think like it, you know, he probably speaks for the rest of the people in the Braves organization. That's something special to be able to break a curse like that and to kind of like give people hope um, and give people like I think as he said it directly to me, like give people a reason to be proud to be Braves fans. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that's dealt with a lot of heartbreak, uh, just the Braves franchise itself. Uh, it was huge, obviously, for Atlanta to finally get another title. And then you look at two, I mean, Georgia follows it up, and they finally win. But the thing is, the Braves won, as big as the Georgia one was um, locally, obviously, uh, Braves fans extend far beyond that. You know, I grew up a Braves fan. I hated Georgia. I was a Florida fan. So you cover Florida fans, you cover Tennessee, you know, you're covering everywhere. Braves, pretty national, uh, dating back to uh, TBS, obviously, pretty national fan base. So uh, it meant, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, it broke the Atlanta sports curse per se. And, but it was such a bigger deal beyond even just the Georgia sports curse. I mean, it was just an organization that, you know, they won 14 straight division titles and only one World Series, and that gets brought up a good bit. And so for them to have kind of broken through and not only win a World Series, I mean, you take a World Series any way you can get it, but the story of how this happened was so anti-Atlanta and anti-what we've come to expect, uh, just given history, that that just makes it all the cooler. Right, right. And I think, uh, Gabe, I actually kind of wanted to touch on something you said right when you hopped on. Um these people are going to be throwing tomatoes at you because you just provided like the jinx two minutes into your time here. You said this roster on paper was better than last year's. And I actually think I agree with you there. If you look at, especially the bullpen, and then you look at Matt Olson um, and him being four years younger, the Braves haven't signed for longer than they would have had Freddie Freeman. And he's cheaper than they you know would have had Freddie Freeman at um, an AAV, which allows them to do more to that roster. When when you think about just where this roster stands compared to last year in specifics, where's the area that you feel like on paper it's taken kind of the biggest jump that will give it the best chance to repeat as champions? Well, I think first you have to look at the bullpen because the bullpen was largely the reason they won last year. And even with Luke Jackson out, I this bullpen could be better on paper. If you remember, like, you know, Will Smith was criticized a lot during the regular season as closer. Uh, th- it was not perfect uh, heading into that playoff run, and that's when everything came together. I-, I think that this bullpen could be the best in the majors, even without Luke. Um, now, when it had Luke, it was that 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 really just would blow people away. But even now, I think it could be the best bullpen. 
I think that your front three, if you can keep in the rotation, if you can keep those guys healthy, uh, you're going to be in good shape there as well. Because if you, you know, the, each of them, each of them wound up, except Charlie, wound up on the IL last year during the regular season, and right. So, and then you look. Obviously, you're getting Acuna back. You can call Olson. I'm not going to get into the Olson and Freddie stuff because we've discussed that ad nauseum. But you could just call <laughs> that a wash. Um, anyway, if you just want to call that a wash, then you look at this team, and it's another year of just these guys being experienced. Um, I think Austin Riley is just going to continue his ascension. I've got him as the team MVP. We'll see about the league MVP. Um, and then, you know, I just – you're getting Ozuna back. We'll see. Obviously, the numbers were not great before everything hit the fan last year, and he ends up, you know, he ends up injured and then legal problems and all that. So, but with Acuna coming back, another year of just this – you know, the core group being together, Freddie's gone, but you've got Rosario back. I just think that there's a lot to like the, just the cohesiveness of it, the depth of the team. And I really, I keep coming back to that bullpen. I really think that, and look, injuries happen. We've already seen it with Luke and relievers are volatile. Someone could drop off. I mean, you never know, but the way it looks right now, I think this should be the major league's best bullpen. If you got any questions you want to ask, please hit the request to speak button and we'll bring you in here on the conversation. But both of you guys were down there at our uh, extremely shortened uh, spring training, which I don't think upset um, anybody except maybe a couple of pitchers. But what did you learn about this team while you were there, Justin? Yeah, I think um, the one thing that stuck out for me was was kind of the lack of arrogance uh, past all the, the roster minutia that we've kind of like Gabe said, discussed ad nauseum, you know, over the past five or six weeks about how the roster would look. But just taking this from um, kind of a bigger picture standpoint, a lot of times you see champions come in as, as maybe like arrogant or overconfident. I think these guys would have the right to do that because without, you know, their most talented player, they beat the Brewers and then they beat the Dodgers, the, you know, the NLs, the class of the league, basically, and then won the World Series. So they would have every reason to be arrogant, but there really was no arrogance. And I think Max Fried put that best when he kind of just said that's because they know how hard it is to do it. Um, and I think uh, that's really what stood out to me is kind of the juxtaposition of both coasts of um, the National League's best teams on one one coast. You had Dodgers manager um, Dave Roberts on the Dan Patrick show guaranteeing a World Series victory uh, for his Dodgers and then on the other coast I mean I don't really you didn't hear any of that coming from the Braves side and I'm not saying you know that Dave Roberts was wrong for saying that he's just professing faith in his guys whatever you got to do to get the clubhouse riled up um, in a year like this that's fine but I think uh, the Braves really took a a good route to this like you really don't want to put more of a target on your back than that already exists. All right, first up in line today, Alex Friedman. Go ahead and uh, step up to the microphone here. Alex, uh, first of all, tell us where you're from and what's your question. Hey, how, how you all doing? Thanks for taking my uh, my call here. I, uh, I'm uh, in New Jersey, uh, born and raised, diehard Braves fan. Um, love all the coverage. Uh, Justin, excited to see you on the beat this year. Gabe, thank you for all the, the beat coverage that you've done up until this point. Um uh, a, a couple of questions in regards to the pitching staff uh, here. Uh, what is like the how long is Luke out for? When is Kirby Yates expected back? And the only what who do you all see in in that fifth starter spot between Davidson, Wright, etc. And 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 lastly, the only guy on this on this roster on this roster I've never heard of 
and could use some background on is 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 Tyler Thornburg. What what role is he going to play? Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll take that again, Alec. Thanks for your questions. Um, and Jay, leave him. Yeah, leave him as a speaker. If I don't get to one of them, you can just let me know and I'll, I'll answer. But I'm going to try to go down to the line of uh, what you said. So first off, um, Luke Jackson had an MRI last week um, that late last week that revealed some UCL damage. Um, and the Braves are, have not officially announced his next steps, his treatment plan. But at the time, like that day, I had heard Tommy John surgery was, was pretty likely. Uh, so I would personally be surprised if it were anything other than uh, Tommy John. Um, and then going down the rotation, you're going to have – it's going to line up as Max Freed, Charlie Morton. Kyle Wright's actually going to go game three. Uh, Ian Anderson will go game four. And then Huascar Yanoa uh, will go game five. I would expect it'll be either Spencer Strider or Tucker Davidson. They haven't officially announced their plans there. Um, but you also could go with an opener. There's a lot of things you could do with 14 games and 14 days to start the season and then kind of the expanded rosters going to 28. So some extra pitching there. But in terms of openers, like I would personally think that Spencer Strider perfectly profiles as, as an opener because, I mean, he's hitting triple digits on the gun. He's a guy who can go out there for three or four innings for you and, and just kind of blow it out. And his stuff, his stuff will probably, you know, his stuff I expect would play. Uh, at this level, even though he hasn't had much seasoning in the minor leagues, he just climbed the organizational ladder. Uh, last year, I'm trying to – oh, Tyler Thornburg. was a guy who had Tommy John a couple seasons ago with the Reds. Uh, but he's pitched in the big leagues before. And really, um, I thought he would make the roster uh, because of the expansion. And it, But it made it even more likely that uh, when Luke Jackson, you know, unfortunately went down – with an injury. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where things stand, but you can let me know if there's anything I didn't hit again. Thanks for the question. No, sorry for all the questions at once. I was trying to get them all in and just Kirby Yates. Are we going to see him at at any point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, I knew I was forgetting one. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so that is expected to be in August. I know they don't really want to put a timeline on it uh, right now, but I'd heard um, the second half, when camp opened and then a few weeks into camp, I'd heard August was a realistic possibility for him. So, I mean, if you think about a guy coming back like that, I mean, he's a guy who's been a closer before, um, had two great years in San Diego in 2018 and 2019, um, actually wanted to sign with the Braves for 2021, um, but failed the physical. And so now he's back with the Braves, excited to be back. And you think uh, that would give them another high leverage reliever if he can be anything close to what he was the past few years, you know, before the injuries. While we're on the topic of pitching, Gabe, we're going to have a total free-for-all in the back end of the rotation. Is that a, is that a concern? Uh, I don't know if concern's the right word. I, I think it's intriguing. Uh, when you look at just the guys that are involved here, they're guys who have had success. I mean, Anoa was – I mean, he, he was the best pitcher on the team before he got hurt last year, and that – really derailed what was looking like a pretty special breakout year from him. I think, you know, when you look at a guy like Kyle Wright, um, you know, there's not that many chances left for it to work here. Uh, And that's just the bottom line. I mean, it's just – and you know what? And the Braves have kind of taken ownership of some of the things that have gone wrong with him. Uh, You know, when you're pulling a guy up and down like that, for him to just just pretty much spend a season in AAA, that helps – so, and Spencer Strider, you know, you look at him, you wouldn't think he's, uh, he's throwing what he's throwing, but uh, he's really interesting. Um, he was kind of, he kind of fell through the cracks because of injuries at Clemson and the Braves kind of snagged him and, and got good value there. So I, I think that when you really look at it, 
there's a lot of ways it could go wrong. There are a lot of ways that it could go right. And I think that there's certain when you're investing this much in your bullpen, when you're investing, you know, when you look at how this team is spending money here, they kind of they're the back end of the rotation is a little cheaper. And if it does work great, if it doesn't, then you can expect to hear them linked to every single available starter uh, in a few months. And, you know, I think Alex has proven at this point that he's going to go get he's going to go get whatever he has to get. So ultimately, do I, I don't I just don't see it as. I see a lot of upside here, and even if it goes wrong, I don't necessarily. I just I, ha- I struggle to see how it would derail the team. If you do want to join the conversation, please do go ahead and request to speak, and we'll put you in line. Next up, Austin Scott. Austin, tell us uh, where you're from and what's your question. Hey guys, happy opening day. I'm from Auburn, happy opening Alabama. day, buddy. I'm from Auburn, Alabama. Justin, I've really loved what you're doing so far on the beat. Uh, really appreciate having you here. Uh, I don't want to get too much into Acuna's comments last night or anything, but did bring up a question <laughs> just of what you guys would, uh, what your opinion would be on who's going to kind of be the the leader within the team as Freddie's been for so long and um, just how you guys see that playing out over the year, if it'll be a concern or not. Once again, happy opening day. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, I appreciate the question. I mean, we can totally – I think Jay, are we at some point going to get into the Acuna stuff? I mean, I think uh, yeah. Now, now is now is a good time to do it. If you if you missed it, there is a, there's a story out today that uh, Acuna made some comments late last night on an Instagram live to a uh, journalist from the Dominican Republic, where Acuna said he won't miss uh, Freddie Freeman. Did not have a great relationship apparently with the Freddie Acuna. Did tweet out a denial about that. Um, but but Justin. Is that going to be a thing? And then to answer Austin's question, uh, you know, who, how does the clubhouse leadership go from here? You know, I don't think so. I think, and a lot of fans have mentioned this, like anybody who watched this team over the last three years could probably tell that Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman, they're not the same type of player, not the same type of person. And that's totally okay. Like that doesn't, not everybody's got to be the same. Not everybody has to play the game the same way. Not everybody has to view it the same way. I think my issue with this whole thing is that I mean I don't and I might be speaking for Gabe here too uh so Gabe you can jump in after if you want uh before we answer Austin's question but in this job we all the time we ask for these players as honest and unfiltered comments and opinions and so why are people finally bashing someone when they are honest about something and I don't think I mean I read the translations from multiple people had a close buddy of mine like translate it too uh to see if that was kind of online with the other um, translations. I, he didn't say anything wrong. Um, he just gave his opinions. And I think like, that's totally fine. Freddie Freeman is no longer on the Braves. Like that's cool. It'll add some more fuel maybe to those Braves Dodgers matchups if they needed any. Um, but from my perspective, like it, it just doesn't have to be anything. Just like let the guys say what they want. Um, let the kids play that sort of thing. Um, and to answer Austin's question, I don't think it'll be a huge issue. I think there's a lot that's made of the Freddie Freeman leadership void. Um, and while it won't be, there won't be that one guy you look to, that one spokesman, that one leader, um, I think it'll be a couple different guys. Like I think guys like Travis Darno and Dansby Swanson are names I've heard as, as guys who are pretty ready to step into that. Uh, Charlie Morton's a leader on the pitching staff. Will Smith's a leader in the bullpen. Um, so I think there are plenty of guys here who can do it. They're just going to be leading by committee um, as opposed to um, just looking to one guy. Like, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. But then again, um, like Brian Snicker said, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, 
it's just gonna it's kind of gonna be something where we'll look at it next season and see you know like we'll see how it goes and we'll let you know you know next season how it goes but you know I don't really think it has to be this huge story I just think that we're in an age and an era where players we're so used to players not giving you know not being honest uh, so I personally, <laughs> as somebody who's going to go in the clubhouse for 162 games a year plus the playoffs, hopefully, and ask these guys for their honesty, I am personally not going to bash the one player who was honest. All right, next up, J.K. is in line. J.K.? I am from Athens, living in Texas right now. Uh, my question kind of goes off what, what Gabe was talking about earlier with the back end of the rotation. Um, you know, I – I think AA talked about this earlier in the offseason that they've kind of been, especially with Kyle Wright, bringing him up for a little bit, bringing him down when he was struggling. Um, I'm curious how much patience they'll have with him and the other pitchers that haven't really, that are in AAA and kind of that quad A kind of deal. Um, how much patience they'll have this year. Um, and if if it's more than in previous years um, or kind of just what's the – if if that um, process has changed at all, Gabe, you want to take this one first or me? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that, that you kind of have to be patient because these are your options. This is the hand you're dealt. So, and quite frankly, you need to have some kind of a leash with some of these younger guys because you need to see what you have. Uh, and as we've already seen, yanking guys between you know back and forth between AAA is not really an effective way of development. So. I would just say ride with these guys, give them an opportunity. If it falls apart, you have another person that you can shuffle in here. So this is kind of where you are. This is, you know, there is no roster, not the Dodgers, not the Braves, uh, not Tampa. There's no roster that's perfect. And so you kind of have to make do with what you have. So I would say that patience is necessary. Uh, You do have other options where if you need to pull a guy out of the rotation, you can. Uh, Obviously, you hope it doesn't come to that, but – and we'll see about the Mike Soroka of it all, too. That's kind of a little looming thing. That's a that's definitely a summer wild card as to how that factors in. But uh, So there, there's a lot at play. There's a lot of things here that, again, like I said, could go right, could go wrong. But ultimately, you have to have patience because you don't have another choice. And if it ends up not working out and it's a problem come July, uh, then, you know, you can trust Alex will go out and get somebody to kind of solidify the back end. Yeah, I uh, again, thanks for the question, JK. I, uh, I largely agree with Gabe, but I'm going to take a different, little bit of a different spin on this. I agree that you kind of need to sit with these are, this is who you have. I think they'll be a little less patient with certain guys because they had so many options to fill those back end spots, especially coming into camp. There was a lot of competition for that. Um, to me, it didn't seem like anybody stood out uh, in terms of, you know, being that clear six starter or being that clear guy who could make you know make the roster so it it was kind of a toss-up throughout camp but um i I think you got to be patient for another reason i don't think that back end is the worst part of this roster i think to me the bigger issue is the lack of position player depth especially in the infield i mean i think you have orlando arcia um but i i don't i think they need more depth there and if there's a serious injury uh in the infield, I think Alex Anthopoulos is going to have to really do some work to to bring somebody in, and who knows what that's going to look like because they already gave up so much prospect capital to get Matt Olson, um, which they needed to. 
But I think there will be more patience with the rotation because I don't really – like as I personally look at the roster, I don't think that's the biggest concern. To me, it would be some of that position player depth because if guys go down, I mean, then you're relying on, you know, if it's in the outfield, like somebody like Alex Dickerson who has had good offensive seasons, but you don't know what he's going to give you. Um, and with Orlando Arcia for basically all of camp being the only backup infield on the 40-man roster, um, I mean, I think depth – in other areas is more of a concern, which I think is going to give them, you know, I think that's going to lead to you guys seeing um, a lot of those back end options. I don't, I don't really think the Braves are going to make any huge move there unless it were absolutely necessary. All right. Next up, we'll go to Garrett. Garrett, tell us where you're from and step to the mic. And what's your question? I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Huge Huge Braves fan. Um, I'm a little on question about Acuna returning I bet a lot of people saw the 10-day IL. Like, So when is Acuna coming back? Like, is he coming back in the Washington series, or is he still likely to return in May? That's a good question. I think a lot of people are uh, probably wondering that same thing. So the Braves put Ronald Acuna um, on the 10-day IL is sort of just a procedural move. It's just to, so it opens a roster spot, because if he's not on the injured list, he's theoretically on the active roster. So by putting him on the injured list, they just opened up a roster spot so they're not wasting one of the 28 roster spots. That doesn't change his timeline at all. Like he can still like they can just still, you know, keep keep him on the IL and like keep putting him there, you know, until he's ready to return. Like I, I think it'll be the first week of May uh, is the last I had heard. Um, but it, it's just a procedural move because if you were to put him on the 60, he wouldn't be able to return, you know, until you know, a couple months. And so it's just a procedural move. So you don't waste a roster spot. So there's nothing that didn't change the timeline. And that doesn't mean that there's any new information. It's just that um, it's just strictly procedure. I think we got room for uh, two more quick questions here. So let's go next to uh, John Lewis. John, tell us where you're from and uh, what do you want to ask Justin and Gabe? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Appreciate it. I'm from Tampa, Florida. And, um, the question I have is, we all know, who, you know, Michael Harris is the next big name in the in the farm system, and I tried to watch a lot of the spring games, but who's kind of an under the radar player that's playing down Triple A, Double A that you may see as someone that gets the opportunity to make a contribution this year? That's a that's a really good question. I appreciate you asking, John, and um, thanks for joining us today. Uh, so for me, it's personally, it's Vaughn Grissom, um, who's a shortstop. Uh, now, the story on him is that a lot of you may hear, you know, have heard the name Riley Green of another, you know, top prospect that is, you know, at the same school. And Vaughn Grissom played uh, on his team. So when everybody would go to scout, you know, Riley Green, the Braves were there to do the same and saw Vaughn Grissom and was like, you know, who's that guy? Uh, and so he's actually, you know, he's got he's pretty big. Um, I don't know if he'll project as a shortstop in the future, but they're going to let him ride there, you know, for now. Uh, it seems like he's got the athleticism for the position. There could be more in the bat. And so that's a name I'm personally going to be watching because he's somebody, you know, with that athleticism with the body that, I mean, he's he should be a major leaguer if, if all goes well, you know, eventually. And if the tools kind of line up and if he develops more. Um, and that's one that I'm going to be watching personally this year just because I think he's a little under the radar. You could watch Braden Shoemake too, who is also a shortstop, but I think those guys, it's going to be really important to see the development years that those guys have, especially Von Grissom, just because uh, Dansby Swanson 
uh, is a free agent at season's end, and this could be his last season in Atlanta. Um, and so it's going to be really important to kind of see what you have in, in the coffers there. All right, quickly to Benjamin London. Benjamin, tell us where you're from and what's your question. I'm from Hartwell, Georgia, and my question is, is I saw recently that Drew Waters is not listed on any list and wanted to know uh, what his situation is, and then also, do you think the Braves could call him up at some point during the year? I think they could at some point during the year. I mean, he's a guy who has kind of stalled at, at the upper levels um, and maybe hasn't been quite yet like what they had expected, what everyone expected. Um, as far as the roster, I'm not exactly sure on that. I But I know that he had suffered, I think it was a hamstring strainer. He had hamstring tightness pretty early on into camp. Like he had had, he actually had a couple good spring games to start off. Um, and if I recall, it had a homer. Um, but I, I believe it's that same tightness or that same um, kind of nagging injury that, that might be keeping him off a roster. And usually when those guys, uh, like I said, I don't know for sure. I can find that out for you guys. But uh, it, when a guy isn't – when players aren't accounted for on minor league rosters, it's usually just injured listings. All right, last question. Luke Robinson, you got the last at bat, buddy. Tell us where you're from and what's your question. Um, I'm from Hickory, North Carolina, and I had a question about the – with arbitration looming, uh, was there any – and, of course, knowing Alex, you know, who knows? No one knows until it happens. But is there any anticipated extensions going out to any of the the big names or the kind of the cornerstone pieces of the Braves? Right now, you know, in, like you said, yeah, it's out. They, they do keep things pretty tight, um, which is really impressive in today's day and age. But – I don't think it doesn't really seem like I could see something for Max Freed if they wanted to do that. Um, but it doesn't really seem pressing right now. Like I think their needs are more like with this year's roster, uh, because I think you have time for, for somebody like Austin Riley, for example, um, to get something like that done. So I wouldn't think it would be on the horizon. Um, just just right now, I would think it would be on the horizon. I just don't think it's, it's a major pressing issue right now i think they'll settle that and then uh and then figure it out you know maybe in the off season or something like that uh but then again we're talking about the same gm who walked into a matt olson introductory press conference at the same time that a press release about an eight-year medals and you know extension drop so you just <laughs> you just don't know I'm going to go ahead and start to uh, wrap it up here uh, real quickly gabe we did this on the on the podcast last week but do you have any bold predictions for this baseball season. I've already stated my claim that there will be two guys that hit 40 homers and Kyle Wright will not get sent down this season. He will be up all year. <laughs> Kyle Wright's a good one. Uh, that would be, That's I mean, bold, that would be awesome for them. Be awesome. Yeah, it'd be awesome for him. Uh, he's a really great dude, uh, you know, rooting for him uh, to kind of get things straightened out and be able to stay up, stay up at the majors. I, I, I don't know. I, you kind of, I don't know. I don't really have anything that bold. Uh, I, I got them at 95 wins. I think they win the NL East comfortably. I think they have five all-stars. I had some of this for a tweet, and then I never sent it. I should probably do that after this. <laughs> yes, do that next. Uh, yeah, so I mean, nothing too bold, I guess. Uh, I could definitely see Olsen hitting 40. Uh, you said two 40s. Uh, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Riley and Matt Olsen are the two. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, that's definitely on the table. I think Freed is going to be—he's going to be an all-star this year. I think Acuna will make—he'll be an all-star this year. I think Olson will be. Got all the guys I had, but 
And again, I think that this bullpen, it's not bold. I think this is going to be the best bullpen in the majors. And the only thing that can derail that is injury. We've already seen one, so we'll see. But, uh, I mean, in general, I just, you know, I, I think that it was, I think what Justin mentioned earlier is really important is it feels like there may be a bench guy short, ideally, uh, so, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I mean, maybe that there's, there's another guy they can pick up. Alex is so good at just finding value and getting the most out of guys, uh, getting the most out of, you know, a Matt Joyce, uh, Charlie Culberson, uh, Hechevarria, even Billy Hamilton, those kind of guys, they've got, they've gotten some valuable stuff out of them. So I, I mean, I'm interested to see how that unfolds, but, uh, you know, I don't know how bold you can really get with this team. Uh, 40, 42, 240 homer guys is pretty bold, but I think that the, a lot of this stuff that you would say is bold is realistic, which tells you just how good this team is. Uh, we really want to, for you guys to check back with us on AJC.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of our AJC me- social media accounts throughout the day. We're going to have constant coverage of opening day and opening weekend for the world champs. And we do have a new subscription package to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution just for Braves fans. We call it our season pass. You'll get unlimited digital access to the AJC for just $125 a week. That's half off our regular price. It's $39.99 for the entire baseball season up through the World Series. So if you're enjoying what you're here, if you're enjoying what you're reading from Justin and Gabe and all of our columnists, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. You can do it right now. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass and we guarantee you we will be doing more of these quite often um throughout the baseball season we had a great time doing this and uh, also we're gonna have instagram stories up all day as well and tonight from the game so please check back with us all day all opening day all opening weekend and listen to the podcast which will come out too on spotify and apple so that's it that's all the promos we do want to thank our director agnes varnum our producer kelly audette happy opening day and we will see you next time When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.